Welcome back to another episode of Making a Martini. I am your host, Caleb Viggles. Ah, fuck. All right. <laughs> this episode is on the topic of interracial relationships. And for that, I have uh, two amazing, wonderful, talented, uh, and insightful friends of mine, Mandy and Brady Patsy, who are an interracial couple. And, you know, on the topic of interracial relationships, that definitely was the intent, uh, or at least the intended episode, but holy fuck, can the three of us tangent. And to be honest, I'm so glad we do, because this episode really covers so much in all of the best ways. So I'm just really super excited for you to listen to it. So I'm going to shut the hell up and get it going. Uh, This is Brady, Mandy, and myself on Interracial Relationships. Welcome, you guys. Hey, thanks, <laughs> Caleb. Thank you. Oh my gosh, charcuterie. <laughs> what a joy. I believe it's pronounced shark coochie. Shark coochie. Coochie. Yes. yes. A shark coochie board. A shark coochie. Yeah, for listeners that don't know, if you come in person when you record, you get a shark coochie board. Yeah, so if you are ever asked to be a guest, come, because, oh, the spread, Caleb, <laughs> is the to, spread. And you get to meet Scooter and his rocket cock. And his rocket cock. <laughs> Big dick scoots. Yeah. Big dick scoots. Do, you, do your listeners know that? That your dog has a giant wiener? <laughs> that never goes away. Honestly, I don't know. I don't think I've ever talked about it. Now they do. Oh my gosh. You Let's guys... get to know Caleb. So Caleb, yeah. welcome to our show. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for having me. I love your apartment. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> it's so nice. Oh my gosh. Yeah. These are all paintings from Habitat from Humanity. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's br- I love that. Yeah. I love it. Can I get you anything? Maybe like a martini? Oh, yes, please. Th- wow. <gasps> Here you Fast go. Fast service. Oh, look at that. But seriously, though, thank you for having us. Yeah, really. Cheers. Oh, my gosh. Yes, thanks for be- doing this. So when I wanted to do... When I, mm, uh-oh. Uh-huh. Here we <laughs> Two go. sips in. It's going well. <laughs> Two sips in. When I wanted to do this topic, you guys are the first people I thought of. Well, thank you. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Just slap my pop guard. <laughs> You ever just get so excited and you, you slap, slap your, your pop, pop guard? guard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, I do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, so we're here today to talk about interrelated. In- Try again. Try again. It never happened. Interracial Edit. relationships. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Interracial <laughs> relationships. That's yeah. what we are. And uh, Oh, for those that don't know, my name's Mandy Patsy and I am a white woman. Mm-hmm. And my name's Brady Patsy, and I am a black man. So oh that's why we God. fit this category. Well, that worked out perfectly. I know, right? I mean. What are the odds? What are the odds? I just thought you guys would be fun to talk to. I didn't <laughs> even think about it. From the, didn't even think about it on oh that day. They're going to have so much insight. <laughs> <laughs> what joy. What, a, what luck. What a joy. <laughs> um, so that was one music theater there song so far. Somebody keeping tally? Slap the pop guard. Well, uh, so let's get to let's let's dive deeper into this. Let's get to know you two. Let's get to know Brady and Mandy, Mandy and Brady, whichever way you want to go. Uh, so just tell us a little bit about you guys. How you guys met? How you each knew? Oh, do you hear the train? <laughs> I do. <laughs> so anyway, we met um, in twenty uh, fifteen or sixteen. 
Okay, I was gonna say fourteen. So it's or fourteen. Okay. okay, so we met a number of years ago, yes. and we were doing a production of The Little Mermaid together. Yes, and I was playing one of the Mer sisters, and you know they're all like so stereotypical, cookie cutter, like Mer sister yeah. princess. I was like, Nah, I'm gonna make her so dumb. Like she's so sweet, and, and she means well, but brilliant, you guys. What was her name? Adela. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and Brady was, and I was playing playing Grimsby, actually Prince Eric's steward, and uh, I was like, "Man, that forty-year-old is real funny." <laughs> and I was twenty-seven at the time, I think twenty-six, maybe. So, <laughs> but he came to rehearsal in like argyle yeah. sweater vests and khakis. In my defense, and I was I like, was, "Aw, Dad." I was a I was at the time I was working as an, as an arts administrator at a school, so I would come dressed as like a principal. You looked the pot. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did yeah. so. And uh, so we did that show together, and uh, Brady, actually, it was love at first sight for him. Mm. I, had a, I had a major crush, I'll be honest with you. I did look across the room. We had our opening day kind of introduction things, and I was sitting beside my friend Nate, uh, who actually ended up standing beside me at a, my wedding. And, mm. and, our, uh, wedding. our wedding. Excuse me. I was there, too. And, uh, Where are you? <laughs> and I looked at him, and I said, that girl, I mean, she's just she's she's gorgeous, and that's going to be my unachievable goal, you know, like the, oh. the girl that you want to go on a date with and two years later we started talking to each other <laughs> just a mere two years just a mere two it took years him two later. years to get up the nerve <laughs> to <laughs> think that we were dating oh gosh oh sorry <laughs> he th- he thought we were dating two three months before we actually were dating oh so if we you, were teaching together and we yeah. would go out to the bar after you know go grab a drink go of to course. Eat, talk about the kids whatever the case may be yeah, yeah. and uh then uh, i asked him on a date and he was like uh I yeah, I was confused. I was because I, I had even asked her at one point in time that Nate that I was talking about. We we had bought tickets to see a show downtown. Something rotten. Something rotten. It was and, so good. And uh, I invited Nate was taking his now wife, and I was like, "Oh, maybe this is a golden opportunity to find that double date moment." So I'll ask Mandy if she wants to go. So I asked her, and she she uh, was teaching, so she couldn't get there till later. So I was awkwardly a third on. Nathan and Alyssa's date uh, for dinner, but then Mandy joined us for the show, and um, she th- just thought it was a fun night out with friends. And, and then I we almost we- killed Alyssa because she's allergic to peanuts, and we got peanut and M and M and M's. M and M's, yeah. You know, so. but yeah, that's uh, so. I definitely thought we were dating before we were dating, but uh, you hey. know, what guy doesn't? You know, yeah. that's just we're here this. now, and I'm like, we didn't kiss, hold hands, talk, boyfriend, girlfriend. You thought we were dating for three months? I was like, oh, you're so sweet. I don't know. <laughs> There are no rules. There are no rules. Then anyway, the rules out the window. Uh, we we kept our relationship uh, uh, on the down low for like six months because we worked so well together as a yeah. director choreographer duo and as like co teachers that we thought that if if something happened and if we broke up that people wouldn't put us on the same team anymore because oh well they broke up maybe it's uncomfortable yeah but we did break up actually I did. Mean to? No, that's not true. I broke up with him via text message on Easter Sunday. Let me go back, folks. For the listeners. Yeah, listen, if you you are listening, although Christ had rose, Brady was in a bad mood that day. Brady had fallen. Brady had fallen. (laughs) Christ went up and Brady went right down. Christ had risen and Brady was crestfallen. Classic. Classic. Well, I guess I I got my answer then. (laughs) Great. Um, So did we answer your question? That's how we met. That's how you guys met. And started dating. That's how we met and started dating. And you recently got married in 20... 
20. 20. Mm-hmm. We were one of those wonderful couples that had to plan a wedding. Uh, we Well, we picked our wedding date, actually, in 2018. Yeah. Um, and we picked it for May 24th, 2020. And then uh, March 2020 happened. And, yeah. of course, uh, I... Oh, it was March 13th, 2020. Which was... Was Friday the 13th. Yep. Was my birthday. 29, yeah, 29th. Oh, yeah. So I was like, happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday. I'm pressing this moment now. But, yeah, so... so uh, I distinctly remember actually calling my now father-in-law and, and having a conversation with him at the, like the beginning of April. And I said, I want you to be honest with me. I know we like, everybody's talking about, Oh, it's just going to be two weeks or two more weeks. But do you think that we're having this wedding at the end of May? And he said, no, I don't. I think that you should start thinking about a plan B. Yeah. Um, and uh, we did. So we actually picked like three different wedding dates. Um, we were, actually thinking about maybe pushing it back an entire year mm. but by september of 2020 it was it was unbearable we we couldn't wait anymore yeah. uh, we just wanted to get married and um so we, we took our 400 person guest list down to 65 people all right and uh, we invited the entire city of pittsburgh so if you didn't get an invitation yeah. now you know we why. we lost your address <laughs> can you please send it to us <laughs> But yeah, so, we can send our thank you cards. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we uh, we so we we made it with sixty five, you know, of our basically all family, made family. It very very one table of friends, yeah. and it was Joe and Bree York and Hank Fodor. Yeah, yeah. Like we were like, yeah. we've got three yeah. places to spare. Francesca <laughs> <laughs> and Michael, but they were also our pianist and cellist. So like, right. there was like, finish doing your job, and then come and then you can table. enjoy. Uh, yeah, 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 you better work for it. <laughs> but, yeah, no, we honestly, it was it was one of those things where we we couldn't we couldn't wait anymore. So we got married in September, and then just you know, sometimes you want to kick in the face. And our one year anniversary, this is something I don't know if everybody does this, but su- supposedly the bride and groom were supposed to keep a piece of their wedding cake uh-huh. and in their freezer and yeah. eat it on their first anniversary. Right. So we had a homemade carrot cake. That Mandy and Cassidy Atkins actually made it was yeah. delicious. Oh, delicious. Cassidy Atkins, Miss Cassidy, plug for Miss Cassidy Ms. Ca- Creates. Yeah, yeah. Um, Miss Cassidy Creates is her LLC. She teaches online classes. She does workshops. She's great with young kids and nurturing creativity in a safe environment. And it's Miss Cassidy at Miss Cassidy Creates on both Facebook and Instagram. Yes. I believe. Yes. And she has a website too, and we'll look it up. Uh, Miss Cassidycreates.com. Yeah. I hope that I'm right. And if I'm not, we'll fact check. I'll, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do some fact checking. Yeah. But anyway, they made our carrot cake, and we put it in our freezer like you're supposed to. And uh, on our one year anniversary, <laughs> both my wife and I could not taste or smell because we had COVID 19. No. Now, our friends all told us that it was a blessing in disguise because we did eat the frozen carrot cake. And everybody says that when you really take it out of the freezer, it tastes like shit anyway. Okay. So uh, we got lucky. We couldn't taste it, but you we still did. got to do we it. We still did the We're like, this it. is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'll tell you what, though, mild COVID, I, I can tell you firsthand, it yeah. was not. We got our vaccines and that science proved to work for us. Yes. Yeah. yeah. By the way, you stupid cunts, get vaxxed. Not you, not you two. Not you two. I was like, <laughs> we are. Not you two. No, sorry. Not, not you two. But everyone else listening, if you're not fucking vaccinated, get fucking vaccinated, get boosted, and stop being a fucking asshole. So, all right. Well, that's you guys in a, in a nutshell. Yeah. yeah. Cute, cute little baby nutshell. A little cute baby nutshell. Um, <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> now I've got, like, cheese warm. mouth. I'm like... <laughs> 
Um, so being that the main topic is interracial relationships, had either of you before each other dated outside of your own race prior? I, so wait, before you, before I just have, and yeah. not to put you in an uncomfortable situation. No, not at all. Take a guess on that. I would say, well, knowing both of you, I wouldn't be surprised if the answer was yes. And interestingly enough, the answer for both of us is no. Okay. She's never dated somebody who was black, and I had never dated. Uh, I had never dated somebody who was black. Okay, ever interesting. I'd only dated people who were white. Yeah. So you s- still haven't dated. Wait. So you've never dated. I've never dated a person within your race. I've never. Ever. Yeah. Also, um, to everyone listening, the just the topic of this is going to make it seem like we're really labeling a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You have to. But I was just musing about that today because labels are something you you're born right? and it's instant. Right. Think about it. The it doctor is. pulls you out of your mother and is like, it's either a boy or a girl. There's mm-hmm. your first label. Mm-hmm. It's right there, and then from there it just grows from there. Yeah. And you know the, that famous phrase, "Don't judge a book by its cover," is such a hard thing when when we're all slapped with. So label many right on the way out. Yeah, us, yeah, know? it's true, and it, it's. It, I think it's bullshit. Um, just because, like, how can anyone know who they are? I just, I don't even know if I still know who I am, and I'm thirty fucking one two one. <laughs> you, you don't even know how old you are. I don't. Yeah, and that's some years of drinking. But yeah. well, yeah, of course. But you know, I'm sure there's other factors. Um, uh, but yeah, but yeah. I, I had never, I, I had only ever dated white men before, mm-hmm. and uh, so you know that old adage of once you go black. You yeah. fall in love and you marry him. Yeah. That's the truth. That's yeah. True. yeah. It's true. That's right. Yeah, I so. believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, was there any hesitation on dating someone outside of your own race? Well, I guess no. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> something that your listeners should probably know is uh, I was actually adopted at a week old. So both of my adopted parents are white. My whole family is white. I grew mm-hmm. up in a very white town. Um, my whole life, I, I just was musing with someone the other day that I, I find that I relate to a lot of people only because I have a lot of people in my life. I have my evangelical uncle along with my very Christian mother and my very Republican grandfather and my trans students and my, and, and, and exposure is everything. I really truly think yeah. that that is the key. I mean, the yes. fact that I know all of these incredible people in my life and they're all wonderful, you know, and that's, I, I can't say that black women aren't part of that group of people. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. I, there's, it's not that, it's not that I was avoiding trying to date someone black, but my niece, one of my favorite stories Aww. is I, my niece when I first sweet told her, Caroline. <laughs> when I first <laughs> told her that she had a girl that I had a girlfriend, she uh, that, that we were going to meet Mandy, and she like her first question was, "Is she black?" And mm-hmm. I said, "I said no, she's not black." And she was like, "Oh, okay." So we were out to dinner on our uh, with Caroline, and <laughs> Mandy looked at her and said, "I'm really sorry that I'm not black." And Caroline's eyes got this. She was just a 14 year old girl. Her eyes got the size of silver dollars. Like you told her that I said. <laughs> I'm like, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, how did we get there? What's the uh, was there any hesitation in dating someone? Was there any... T- and the will sort of uh, aim it over there. Was there any hesitation yeah. in dating someone outside of... No. No, because I liked who Brady was, like, on the inside. Uh, and... I, I, it, this is a conversation that Brady and I have had before that I I don't uh, I never saw one of his descriptors 
as being black. Mm -hmm. Like it was, it was never like that was on the list of things that I loved or hated or, you know, this is like, it it was just the man that he is Mm -hmm. attracted me to the man that he is. And until, uh, one night after a Peter Pan rehearsal, I played Peter and he was Captain Hook. There was some sexual tension between the two I characters. I fucking oh. loved that. Yeah, shit. Every, well, there was there was one show in particular where I was like, "Hook, have at thee." It's like, oh wait, no, wait, wait. Um, but after after a rehearsal, uh, my my dad, shout out to Greg Resek. Um, hey, Greg. Hi, Greg. Uh, was supposed to do the show with us mm-hmm. and. Uh, unfortunately couldn't do one of the weekends, so he wasn't able to do it. Mm-hmm. And so I was bummed about that because dad, like all he wants to do is be there for his kids. Yeah. Like that's all he wants to do. And he's so and he's good at it. He's very successful. He's yeah. so good at Your it. Your dad's fucking awesome. I only met him one time, but I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did he make I'm you feel honored. special and yeah. loved? Oh my like, God, immediately? Yeah. I was like, are you my dad? Yeah. <laughs> do you <laughs> Please, can you? Uh, Would you be, please? <laughs> so he had to drop out. So I was sad about it because I was like, oh, I'm so disappointed. And I know dad's disappointed too. Mm-hmm. So I was like crying in the front seat of the car and Brady turned the car off. It was right before we went up into our apartment and he's like leaning on the headrest and he's like, yeah, but now your dad is going to get to see you be your dream role. your like your spirit cartoon, like come to life. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And then cop lights behind us. Yeah. And uh, we were, the car was off. We lived right there. Yeah. And the cop was like, What's going on? It looks like you're getting up in her face. Like, is everything like what's going on here? It looks like you're yelling at her, like in her face. And he's like, if I'm in her face, it's just because I'm trying to get a kiss. And he's like, step out of the vehicle. And before, uh, before, uh, and then he was like, I'm going to check your story with your passenger. And, and Brady was like, do you want me to? And he's like, yeah, put your hands on the hood. And before Brady could even put his hands on the hood, there were two other cop cars, lights on, pulling up, like, before one of the cars was stopped, guy was out, hand on his gun, like yeah. fucked up. And so this cop comes over to me and he's like, how are you? Are you okay? What's going on? Yeah. Like, wh- you can tell me it's okay. Tell me what's, and I was like, I'm upset about my dad and he's trying to comfort me. And like, I was mad mm-hmm. and didn't really grasp what was going on. So he, um, like after he's trying to, I don't know, get me to say what what he wants me to say. Yeah. Like, he's like, all right, well, I guess you guys are good to go. And I was like, should I get my dance bag out of the back? And Brady's like, no, let's just go up to the apartment. And I was like, what the fuck was that all about? And he was like, that was racism. And that was the first time it had, like, even registered that that's how some people, horrible, prejudiced, ignorant people see this incredible man mm-hmm. and I, like yeah i think the thing that we all have to keep in mind oh, I'm 20, sweating. i know, I just, I know. <laughs> 20 2022 is different and racism doesn't look the same you yeah. know and and we're we're not going to run into people when was that that was in 2017 or 18 okay yeah gotcha. somewhere there yeah um and and, and i think that that's you look at a story like that. Now, I can't. I, the reason I say 
I don't necessarily think that, and I'm 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 a very unique person of color mm-hmm. because I struggle so much with trying to figure out the right way to go about active activism. It's it's such a challenging road, and I know that I've made some terrible mistakes with it, and I know that I've defended places that I shouldn't defend, and I've defended people that I shouldn't defend, and and it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's a really challenge because in the moment. You're not sure what the right answer is. Yeah. But the reason I say that, and again, this could be controversial to some of your listeners, I don't necessarily think that we need to defund the police. Yeah. I think that we need to reallocate the money, though, and make sure that the training that they're getting is not... I mean, my father is 73 years old. He is a white man. Mm -hmm. He has been pulled over once in his life. I am 30-some years old, and I can't count the amount of times I've been pulled over. And every time, it involves more than one police officer. Mm -hmm. Every time. Except for the one time it was a black officer. Yeah, that was the one time. And I I didn't have my insurance card. I didn't. I mean, it was a a story. A time where I really should have been getting in trouble. It could have gone a different way. (laughs) And it didn't. You know, he was like, go get your stuff taken care of. Go. He was just trying to get his car inspected and left all of his information (laughs) at the shop. And then the the, the English incredible cop was like well okay well like just get that done go, go. I was like, okay. yeah, go, go. <laughs> yeah but yeah i think that i think that it's really hard uh because i, I also know some incredible police officers out there you Same. know what i mean i look at i look at actually one of our former students her stepfather was mm. the man who stopped the tree of life shooting yeah now you can't tell me that that man is not a hero a good yeah that's a good cop right that's a great Mm-hmm. He's someone who did his did his job. Did he went his above job and beyond. Better than above anybody, you know. Tried so hard. So right. I mean, that's it's 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 a it's a tough ball game, right? And if I may, one of the police officers that you had a less than ideal interaction with uh, in your hometown, uh, then now comes to the defense of your mixed race niece. Hundred percent. Hundred percent, yeah, and that's I do. That's that's where I, I, you know, and we're speaking of tangents. We're going to probably get into all of these things, but yeah. we just talked recently about how dangerous cancel culture sometimes can be. It's ridiculous, and that can be controversial as well. And I know that yeah, we did a cancel culture episode actually, yeah, and a like, defund the police episode. When not you, a defund the police. Was episode, my sibling but, on that episode? Yeah, and, and <laughs> listen. The first thing that I will say, as we listen to everything that comes out of our mouth today, I know that there are going to be things that people are going to disagree with me on. But the one thing that I think is incredibly important and the thing that the world needs to do more of, I'm willing to hear about it. Don't scream at me about it. Don't scream and yell in my face to try to get me to learn something because no child has ever learned anything Mm -mm. from that Mm -mm. ever in their life. It always ends up in a screaming match back. But I can tell you firsthand, as an educator myself, if you come to me to the table and say, hey, here's why, here's why you have to understand what you're saying isn't right. Right. Great. Great. I'll change my opinion. Yeah. I will change. People should. We should never ever be just this like sole little like complete potato. Yeah. Yeah. You smacked your pop <laughs> no, I smacked socket. It. What's it called? <laughs> pop my or pop guard. Pop guard. Pop, pop guard. guard. No, I agree with you one hundred percent. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. As anyway. I sit my old fashioned. Yeah. And look at your art. Deco art. It's beautiful. <laughs> my art. Anyway. Um Yeah. Let's do we want to do a happy one? A happy question? I'm oh, yeah. sweating. Oh, are, are there any happy ones? Um, <laughs> are there any happy well, ones? Well, no, I guess uh, so. 
the, the 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 original question was was there ever any like hesitation either way like dating someone outside of your race or, or anything like that oh, but did we ever answer that you guys did okay. well yeah it was yeah i never um, have so i really right. don't have an answer but. one of the things i mean whenever i do like an episode and i come up with a question usually it stems from finding some sort of random article online where i'll like go through and i'll read it and i'll be like I wonder if this is true for for everyone. And sure. so mm-hmm. some of the like a, a lot of the reasons behind people that do have the hesitation has nothing to do with so what's what's interesting about this topic and why I'm like super excited to like really start to get like into it, not that we haven't already. Sure, but, yeah. but like is because you've got so many different factors playing into it. So one, you've got the topic of dating in general, which is always something that's like full of like twists and turns and preferences and and different things like that. So when you factor race into it as well, it's like you get, you know, if we were just talking about race, right, it would be all the twists and turns that, that sort of come with that topic, combining it with this and then trying to navigate that pattern. So many of the, of the, articles that I saw and, and and looked at the reasons why people did have hesitation had nothing to do with the other person. It had nothing to do with the dating aspect. No. At all. Not it was never bit. like, I just don't know if I should. I don't blah, blah, blah. It had everything to do with outside forces, like family. What would my family think if I were to date, you know, uh, a white woman or a black man or, 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 or and, and we're talking strictly about, you know, white and black right now, only because that's how it applies in this current moment. Sure, sure, sure. But no matter what it is. Well, look at, look at, look at last five years, right? Yeah. Jamie sings how many songs about I'm going to bring this non-Jewish girl home to my Jewish mother. Mm-hmm. How is this going to go? It happens right. all the time. It's not, right. that's not just race. Right. It's everything. Exactly. But listen, I brought... Can I out your religion for a second, if that's okay? Yeah. You know, I brought I brought my atheist girlfriend home to see my Christian parents. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I, what I love to see more than anything is when my atheist father-in-law puts something up on Facebook and my Christian mother likes it. I'm like, there we go. It's, now we're talking yes. across the... And I mean, I mean something specific to religion. Yeah. That's really nice to see. Yeah. Because we're crossing a bar there. We're we're crossing a bridge that we're obviously seeing that people, uh, you know, Greg knows my mother knows that she's, she's a good person, you know? So it's just, it's just how it works. It's like entry level communication, which is like the biggest lacking thing in the world. Yeah. But I do think that there's (laughs) a huge pressure of bringing, bringing someone home in the dating aspect. Mm -hmm. But I think that that's, think about, Someone who's in the LGBTQ plus community and their mm-hmm. parents don't know that. I mean, I have, I have a cousin. He he has never brought a boyfriend to a, to a meal, mm-hmm. to a Thanksgiving, an Easter, or a Christmas. And it's like, you should never feel like you can't bring the person that you love around your family. Yes. That's your family. Right. I don't understand that. Yeah. I really, truly don't. And we'll get into because I, I, I think there's an interesting sort of like right hand turn there when you like factor in another thing on top of interracial dating with adding like something else yeah. to it like lgbt mm-hmm. yeah. um we'll we'll cross we'll cross that bridge i'll save it because i just think <laughs> I, have a, I have a, i think i feel like i have an interesting take um yeah. maybe <laughs> we'll, <see. laughs> we'll all find out together we'll find out you guys don't you let me know i will <laughs> i hope you guys are like shut the fuck up no you never stupid bitch 
No you more. ruined everything. <laughs> you stupid, stupid bitch. You're, You're just, just a poopy, poopy little, little slut. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, that was a really oh. high key that you chose, but I went with it. <laughs> you did. You're you welcome. Did. I, have, I have like a little bit of a chill. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, oh, okay, nice. thank you. Um, so, I mean, you you did touch on one for sure. Um, obviously, Mandy, um, when you told about the the Peter Pan cop that mm-hmm. um but what uh struggles have you guys run into in your relationship that have to do i mean if any i mean obviously that's a huge one um mm-hmm. but you know you know i got you <laughs> I, listen everything that you tried to say right there i got it. yeah i, I had like four it. different uh, ways to yeah. finish that sentence but you not just a... shot that across the table with your we eyes got it. i love we got it. it that was perfect Beautiful. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yep. Another, uh, we're uh, currently in it, honestly. Uh, There was a, there is a theater company that Mm. Brady worked. Do we name, do we name names? You can name names. I mean, I'm not, no one, I don't know anybody. So, we worked for Pittsburgh Musical Theater for a number of years. Brady for 15. Mm -hmm. 15, you worked there for fifteen years. Fifteen years. I started. I started as a kid. Actually, right after I graduated I, high school, I started as a student, and I did a semester as a student, and then they uh, saw something in me, and they put me on the professional stage. Is that um, where you worked when you had the argyle sweater? Then when you went into Peter Pan yeah, or the yeah, yeah. Little, Little Mermaid? Yeah. 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 Okay. You know is that where? where P- is that where the show was? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's where the show okay. was. Um, Glad I got my facts straight. Yeah, yeah, no sure. fact you're checking. Here. You're, you're checking all your <laughs> yeah. facts. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I started as a student and then I, I did a professional season. Uh, I moved to Florida. I worked for Disney for a year. And then when I came back, I jumped in with them. And then I, I just mm-hmm. kind of stuck with them. And um, yeah, I, and, and again, it's it's a the reason it is hard mm-hmm. is because, and this is something I've dealt with my entire life. When you are the only person of color surrounded by white people, and my whole life has been that, truly, mm-hmm. my whole life has been that. Yeah, I mean, adopted at adopted one by week, an all you know? white. Yeah, my whole life. It's, yeah. I mean, when and I, I talked about it, you know, you think about Ruby Bridges being that first little black girl in a classroom full of all white kids. Yeah. Guess what? 60 years, less than 60 years later, I was the only black kid in my all-white classroom. Things haven't changed that much. But anyway, uh, uh, when when you're the only person of color and you are surrounded by white people... You have to understand, and, and this is what privilege is really talking about. We're not talking about money. I have privilege. I grew up in white America. I know what privilege is. That's not the kind of privilege we're talking about. We're talking about this mentality that my experience, my black American experience in my place of employment cannot be measured by anybody else. Because I'm the only one experiencing it. Now, mm-hmm. one can argue, doesn't matter what your color is. That's true. Mm-hmm. I cannot speak to Mandy's experiences because I didn't live them as Mandy. I only lived them with Mandy. Right. You know what I mean? So I think that what's hard about it is we did step away from this place. And I do absolutely have moments in my 15 years there that were racist. Mm-hmm. 100%. Things that were said to me. That, like, like when people said, okay, if we do this show, are your people going to show up? We don't say that anymore. 
We don't do that, right? But these are the kind of phrases that are being used. But again, it's circumstantial. I don't yeah. have that written down on a piece of paper. Right. It's not like I would... And when actually, I, I had talked to somebody at one point in time to kind of see just where I stood with everything. And, and one of the things that they said was like... What, there's the Sorry train, about the train. Back it's a bit... Train. It's a hap, it's it's a happy hour. Metropolis. Yeah. Happy hour. <laughs> it's happy, happy hour. hour. It's happy hour at the train station. Um, but one of the things that was said to me was, uh, uh, you know, you're telling a beautiful story, but when, when's the moment? And racism doesn't work like that anymore. Yeah, there's it's, microaggressions. It's little microaggressions. It's 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 fragility sometimes. It is seeing those tears, and it's like, I get it. This is sticky, and this is why I try to take a very patient mindset with it because I do not truly believe. I truly do not. It's like that famous phrase: if we say uh, in the Incredibles, Dash, Mrs. Incredible says, "Everybody's special." Dash. And Dash says, well, that's another way of saying that nobody is. Mm -hmm. If we sit back and say that everybody is racist, because we are, every single person has a little bit of racism in them. It yes. doesn't necessarily mean black or white. It's just we all have our, our biases. There's, there's things that you can't, you know, you come up with. You, you're, It's like almost like ingrained in you because you see it from such a young point of... That's systemic. It's that's the implicit what that bias means. That, right. that people people mm -hmm. form in their in their minds and in their opinions. Mm -hmm. And it's... When you're the most impressionable at, the, at a young age where you're like, you don't yeah. understand what that... What consequence is. And you don't understand what, like, you know, saying... I don't know why I was trying to think of an example, but apparently I was. Uh, but like, but the things that you say, like anything like that, it can all, it all, it all becomes ingrained in, in what you start to normalize and as it, being again the the exposure norm. is key. Yeah, getting the chance to meet different, and, and the problem is you have to meet them with an open mind. If you go in there with those biases, I just had a wonderful conversation with somebody actually and uh, we were talking about unconscious biases mm. and they said well, because we were talking about that mentality like you know, cross the street when you're coming at somebody and, mm. and it's, you know, and this person was like well no, the only person, I, I just, I mean I don't want to say it out loud, but the only person, you know you, you see people with all the, the piercings and everything and it's just like, oh that, you know that I just get nervous and mm. I was like, but of, of what? What are you nervous about that they're gonna pierce your ears right what are you nervous they're gonna about? give that you would, that, would get, that would give me pause i think <laughs> <laughs> somebody's running at me with a, a needle serial saying, piercer i'm gonna, I'm gonna be like well, yeah, please don't <laughs> i'm not in i'm not interested yeah. it's scary how easy it is to have implicit bias 100 mm -hmm. especially 100%. when you don't think about it for 30 years but like and then step one is just recognize it yeah and it, it's a whole other world when you do yeah mm -hmm. well, uh, there's I mean, how oh, many times do we have we all said the phrase i'm not racist but uh, <laughs> you know what i mean like we do it we do it yeah. every single one listen I'm I'm not racist. there's a yeah. song from avenue q that says yeah. everyone's a little bit racist yeah sometimes yeah. what are we talking about uh implicit bias oh i was gonna um no wait we, to go way, if we're circling oh, all yeah. the way back oh my yeah. God. one of the reasons why we're struggling right now is because oh, again right. It, there's there's multiple different ways that you can be an activist. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And um, I I could take to the streets yep. and say, this was my experience at this place. This is the terrible things that happened to me. But I would be, and again, some of you, I don't know who listens to this podcast, but I some of these people. People my, who are going to agree with you. Yeah. There, <laughs> there are also people, though, that might be listening to it saying, hey, but when I came to you, 
and complained mm-hmm. about this. Mm-hmm. When I said it to you over and over and over again, how did you get up and go to work the next day and say it was okay? Yeah. I was part of the problem. Mm-hmm. And if I'm part of the problem, I can't necessarily be the one screaming and yelling too loud about how to make the solution. Because I don't right. think the solution, and this is where we differ, I don't think the solution is that the place shuts down. I don't think that's the right answer. I don't think that it should, it should shut down. I think that there should be a major change of leadership. Well. Uh, because not only has the creative artistic director put herself in a position where she has hired all of the people below her, but she also chose all of the people above her. Mm-hmm. So there's nobody to hold her accountable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Are you and, talking about like a, like a board? Mm-hmm. Like a, okay. Yeah. I figured, but I don't, I was like, well, is there someone above that no. level? Yeah. <laughs> other than, other than yeah. a, a and board. It's, and again, I, the thing that I say about this, and this is what I think everybody has to remember. Mm-hmm. I could go on social media. I could go on this podcast. I could start naming names, listing my laundry list. I could start calling people out. I could get on Facebook Live and do a complete and total dissertation. Mm-hmm. I know I could. But at the same time, look at every single injustice that has ever been done in the world. Look at George Floyd. People screamed and yelled for a couple months. But what changed? What changed? Nothing. You don't see reform in the police yet. And that's on a national level. Truly. So in my little small town America world, yeah, there were things that should not have been done to me. There were people that should not have treated me a certain way. But I also know that when I was part of the organization, I treated people a certain way. Mm -hmm. And I was wrong too. And, you know, not that that forgives it. It doesn't. I, I, like, I have spoken to a lot of those friends and have apologized without expecting forgiveness. But I, like, I want to reiterate that I will do what it takes to earn my, like any sort of forgiveness that you could, po- or even just tolerating me. Sure. You know what I mean? Because it's not, it's not enough to say you're an advocate. It's not enough anymore. <laughs> You can say, you can say Black Lives Matter. You can say I'm right. an advocate. You can but, post a black square on Instagram. But when it comes right down to it, what are you actually doing? You right. know what I mean? That's the easy thing. I right. think that we're seeing that a lot with Ukraine right now, right? Yeah. It's super right. easy to put a blue and yellow stripe on our on, on our, your Facebook profile. On our Facebook profile. But really, truly, what are you doing about the people right. in Ukraine? What are you doing? Who right now are sitting in the subway looking up, hoping. Yes. That a bomb does not fall on. The thing, I mean, it's it's really easy because I do agree. It's very right. easy to say I'm an advocate, right? right. And because I know that I'm an advocate, but the, the but what does it necessarily mean to be an advocate too? What I've decided, and I just said this to somebody the other day, actually, weirdly enough, in a job interview, get it out. That's okay. You see, I was going to. I was trying to. I figured if I just kept talking, maybe they wouldn't know you were coughing. Yeah, it didn't work. Uh, But I I was like, "What's that choking sound?" (laughs) I said to somebody the other day, (laughs) "I can't. I can't learn the rules. I don't know how to learn the rules, mainly because there are too many rules. So the number one rule that I'm going to live by is to treat everybody with kindness. Yeah, that's all you can do." And that's all. It's the golden rule. It's the. It's like rule number one. That's all you really have to do. And it's just so lost because everyone right now is so opinionated has the ability to get butt hurt mm-hmm. and has to be right mm-hmm. i have never seen the world in a situation where right is the 
number one goal. It doesn't matter if you have money. It doesn't matter if you have the biggest house on the street. It doesn't matter if you are, if you have a lottery ticket in your hand that you've just won the Pennsylvania jackpot. It doesn't matter. You got to be right about something. I'm going to turn the podcast for a second. Do you think that's America or do you think that's the world? Oh, God. I'm I'm interviewing you now. Well, you know. (laughs) Do you think that it's America that says to themselves, I mean, because again, we have, you we know, love I, to beat our chest. I kind of think best. that it, 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 I think it is. I mean, granted, I also have no other point of reference sure. to the other world in that I've never even left the country. For we spent Thanksgiving. I Italy. saw. It was fucking gorgeous. Just beautiful. So you can both fuck off, yeah, actually. Get I the get, hell out. I, never, I, I would know. love to. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. I would, fuck love, off to Italy. I would love to fuck off to Italy where they're yeah. like, hey, let's cherish art. Yeah. Right? Oh, oh my God. Just wonderful. Yeah. I, mean, it really I looked wonderful. up how much it was to travel to the Mamma Mia Island, and it's $10,000. That that's where you guys were, because that's in Greece or some shit like that. But <laughs> it's still over there. The ocean's not blue. Even a, yeah, not right. even the same country, <laughs> right. but like, yeah, yeah. okay. Anyway. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I do. I think that I. I I would say America. I would say it's an American problem, because everyone. I would hate us. All right, well. I put that paper down when I needed it. <laughs> next question. Next question. It is. Okay. Oh, um, how is being in an interracial relationship? And, and I think this also sort of goes back to what we talked to a little bit about earlier, but how has it made an impact on your life and sort of changed the way that you, you view your own lives? Uh, well, uh, uh, okay, wait, one more time. How has being in an interracial relationship sort of changed your view on life? Wait, no, that's not what it was. Made an impact on your life. Oh, okay. So, uh, uh, just slash changed things in yes. your life. So, yeah, I was on the right track with my thought. So, like I said earlier, when I was like, I loved Brady for, or I liked Brady for who he was, I now see that that was also. A, a, a bit problematic in itself where it was like I, I never I was never the person that was like I don't see color but like it didn't matter to me but it does matter in the sense that us as white people need to take a second stop what we're doing because we've got a 400 year head start and extend a hand to to our brothers and sisters and friends and family and loved ones and Fellow human beings. Fellow human beings. And help them catch up to where we are. So we just need to like... And so uh, uh, seeing and acknowledging that and and like I said, there's a difference between saying you're an advocate and actually being an advocate. I have been officially put to that test Mm -hmm. and I will rise to the occasion. Like, because it's, I, I, I was an advocate for the LGBTQIA plus community for years and years and years because of my sibling, mm-hmm. because that was an active part of my world. And I knew that racism exist, b- exists because of where I grew up and the, the racism that I, that I saw third hand, but like was a kid, didn't do anything about, didn't quite understand what was going on. And now am making an effort to stop it in its tracks and to educate as much as I can and like realize that that's going to take time and energy and effort and patience. And that's 
patience is really hard for me because I just want instant results. But yeah. that's something that I have learned from Brady. It's just an abundance of patience. Oh, my God, the world's most patient man. <laughs> well, you have to have patience because in all sincerity, this, this is something, you know, we, we talk about even systemic racism, mm-hmm. right? There's going to come a point in time, at some point in time in our relationship, where we're going to have a child. And that child is going to have skin that is slightly darker than, than other people's skin. And we have to know how to raise that kid. We have to know, and the one thing that I will say personally is when my child comes home and says to me, Daddy, this person made fun of the color of my skin. The one beautiful thing that I have is, yeah, okay, let me tell you some stories. Let me, I'm an actor, ultimately. So let me tell you a story about some times that, that people made fun of my skin mm-hmm. and people said things about me, you know, and, 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 but that's okay. And how you dealt. Because in all sincerity, then my wife, my white wife can say, you know what, sweetheart? I can't tell you about when people treated me differently from my skin. But let me talk to you for a second about how people treated me differently because I was a woman. Mm-hmm. Or let me talk to you about how, how somebody treated my sibling different because they were part of the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah. Or how... You know what I mean? This is what I'm talking about. I can at least look at my kid and say, yeah, sometimes things are hard, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's, it's, it's, I just watched a great and then thing. I'll walk it was in a rip off wonderful. I, I really will truly recommend this to everybody. Style. If you're having a hard time understanding what the critical race theory is, mm. take a moment and watch John Oliver's episode on it. It's a wonderful it's way. It's brilliant. To, and now, granted, again, depending on which way your political views are, yeah. then you might say John Oliver is a very left person, but still, he is going to be able to get you to understand the idea of that critical race theory. And I think that it's very important to understand that there is no right answer. That's You said earlier, Caleb, we in America right now, we live in a world where we have to be right no matter what. Because if you're not right, you're wrong. And admitting that you were wrong is a no-no. Yep. We just don't do that anymore. No. So, and that's the problem. Wrong is weakness. Wrong is weakness. But we've been on it. I put t- air quotes around wrong and weakness. I forget that it's a podcast. Yeah, but we've been, t- we've been, <laughs> no we've been taught me. that, right? If you are wrong, then you are. Think about, you know, I always equate it this way. You're chi- we are children on a playground. If you, our mothers are kibitzing over on the bench while you and I are playing on the slide, and then I push you. My mother is racing over to me and saying, Brady, you apologize to Caleb right now. But as adults, when you push someone, the last thing you want to do is say, sorry, I pushed you. No. You know, because you have nobody accountable above you saying, go tell them that you're sorry. You shouldn't have talked to them that way. That person was in your way. That person shouldn't have been there. They were wrong. They did something. Blame. It's the blame game. Blame game. Mm-hmm. And it's never my fault. Never going to be my fault. Of course not. I can tell you, I've made major mistakes in my life. I know that. I know that. I've said th- things have come out of my mouth that I'm like, oh, Brady, why did you say that? Mm-hmm. Why did you say that? But and, and it's kind of what Mandy was saying earlier. 
I can apologize to you for saying something off color. You do not need to accept that apology. But I do need to show you at every turn that I'm not that person anymore. You've learned mm-hmm. from your mistakes. You don't have to trust me. Right. You can then come back to me at some point in time and say, okay, he's shown, he's shown. But you get to make that call. Mm-hmm. Because I hurt you. When you wrong someone, <laughs> the worst thing you can do is be like, well, I'm sorry, but. Oh, or, yeah. Like, uh, oh, or I'm sorry for how you interpreted yeah. it. Or, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, why can't you accept that as, that apology? <laughs> no, no. The it's first ridiculous. thing I saw, I saw, and how trivial it might be, I saw a meme, and it was like, steps to apologizing. And then it like had like, th- I, I'm sorry, uh, cross, it wasn't my intention, crossed out, crossed out. And then it was like, step one, I did the thing. Yeah. Acknowledging that you did the bad that you are apologizing for. Yeah. Because then you can say, I, I kicked Scooter across the floor. I did that. I'm sorry. It wasn't my intention because uh, he got under my foot. Like, however, I will make sure that from now on I'm watching where I'm walking. And don't. Yeah, fuck that guy. He was, he was, he was, he was. There it is. Now the sirens are coming. My windows are open. That's why. I'm like, why is it so loud all of a sudden? I've like recorded episodes in here so many times. Because it's beautiful. It's so beautiful outside. Yeah. Um, But real fast, challenges of interracial marriage for us. Yeah. It is, I'll tell you what, it is real nice. And this is going to be something wild to say. But it's real nice being black, going into white communities, and knowing that I got somebody, at least. You know what I mean? Mandy got a contract. She did a show down in West Virginia. We've never been into the middle of West Virginia. We don't know what kind of part of America we're going to. This is where the sirens in the background of the episode. That's West Virginia. We don't know. So (laughs) we're sitting, waiting to go in and buy her her groceries for the week. And we're going to sit. That's okay. It's all right. Just let it happen. We're going to sit in the parking lot and make sure that there's another black person walking in before we walk in. Yeah. Because I don't know if I'm safe there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So there's benefits to it. You know, it's also, there's a weird stereotype about white women stealing black men. Or, you know what I mean? Like, there's 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 weird things about interracial dating, too. Stereotypes within that. Humans are humans. Human, have either of you ever gotten that from your race as far as... No, I'm so sorry. I phrased that wrong. Have either of you gotten that from the opposite race? Where have you ever received any sort of flack for being with a black man from the black community, being with a white woman from the white community? Because you do see a lot of that represented in media. I'm going to talk about unconscious biases again for a second. You might not see it, but if for instance... We are walking down the street Mm -hmm. through a a group of people that happen to be people of color. Mandy might get some looks. Mm -hmm. And like, what's he, if we're holding hands or like, you know what I mean? It's one of those things where it's like, and I think that part of that is truly, or in the, if I, I love them to death and we don't want to say that there's any, but even family, there could be some family members that are like, why are, why are you dating a person of color? Mm-hmm. Especially, it's just going to be harder for you, Mandy. It's gonna, and that's 
1988, I was adopted by two white parents, yeah. right? And I can tell you flat out that I had family members look at those two wonderful people, my parents, and say, are you sure? This is a can of worms that you're about ready to open. Are you sure you want to open it? Mm -hmm. Because it is going to be challenging at times, 100%. And it is challenging for us at times, too. Yeah. We might get the side eyes. We might get the looks of like, man, you stole my man. You stole, you know, whatever the case may be. But... I, I honestly fucking loved this experience because it put me in check in a way that I had not been before. So my my incredibly sexy husband, Brady, has locks. Has what? Has locks. He, Lock. got, oh, he yes. got dreadlocks. Yes. And he went to the loctician. And the first time that we went there, it's like... There's the barber shop on one side and the loctician's uh, salon. Shout out to Cherry, my loctician. Oh, my God. The natural choice in Oakland. Uh, 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 I walked in just to, like, see it. I don't even think that's right. What? Keep talking. Okay. Tell your story. I, um, uh, I just walked in to see it, and there were two women sitting, two black women sitting under, like, the big hair dryers. Mm -hmm. And I walked in, and I was absolutely the only white person that had been in there that day, that month. <laughs> like, and and I I was being looked at. As an outsider. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh, oh, I'm uncomfortable. And then I left and I almost burst into tears because I was like, that must be what it feels like to be Brady all, all the, the time. fucking time. And I was like, I'm glad. I, I'm, I'm glad I did that. I'm glad I know what that feels like. And like, I... Uh, I, I wish that there's something that I could do to change it, to know that, like, all all races, creeds, most religions, not Scientology, not. Are, are welcome in my home, in my world, in my life at all times. But I might not be the that might not be the majority of thinking right. for a lot of those people. So to be put and now there's That's a, a plane. plane. Planes, trains, Plane, and automobiles. And automobiles. You guys, are you kidding? <laughs> But to be Steve in... Martin's about to kick my door in. Yeah, what if? Steve, Steve Martin. Steve, come on in. Steve Martin. Everybody, Steve, Steve Martin, Martin to talk about interracial relationships. He has so much to say. He's got a lot. He knows a lot. I do a lot of impressions, but Steve Martin isn't one of them, so I can't even help on that. Oh, no. Sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I'm, uh, it's totally fine. Uh, it was one of those things. That, it put it into perspective for me. And... Though I do desperately want to go and watch Cherry work on your hair because I want to learn. Because if we have kids and they've got the the beautiful spirals that Brady has, yeah. I want to know how to properly t take care of my child's hair. Yeah. But also, why not just leave it to the fucking pros at yeah. that point? Like, yeah. brush it out, take good care of it, make sure it's mm -hmm. nourished and healthy. Mm -hmm. But like... Another, I don't. I don't have to know how to do locks. So stay out of the fucking way, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Another great reference to to this kind of conversation is the Red Table Talks with with the Smith family. Ooh, yes. Pickett. They had Ellen uh, Pompeo uh -huh. uh, on the show. And Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. Uh, Grey's Anatomy. She's married to a person of color. Yeah. And they talk a lot. They have it's a wonderful mm. episode about yeah. raising biracial children. Yep. And that's been the majority of our conversations about being an interracial couple have been. What's it going to mean when we bring these biracial children into the world? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and how do we, how do we teach them 
you know, it's Dr. Martin Luther King many years ago said, I have a dream that one day my children will live uh, in a nation where they will not be judged by the content of their skin, but by the, or not not by the color of their skin, but the content of their character. And I will say flat out that that dream still lives. That that is still a dream. It's an aspiration. It is, is, for for whatever reason, we as America has accepted it as something that has already happened. He said it. It's done. Yeah. We have to keep in mind that it is still a dream. (laughs) So long ago. And the color of my skin, although it may not matter to a lot of people, it, in fact, a lot of people will say it doesn't matter. All of us matter. Whatever, right? That thing is tired old phrase. Yeah. But what we have Bunch to understand cunts. is that it does still matter. It do, People do still look at me differently than they do others. You know, my, my, my uh, uh, band teacher in high school was married to a man who was uh, Middle Eastern. And she said flat out to us early in life, he's always the one, right after 9-11, he always, always one was the, and I'm going to use air quotes podcast listeners, yes. the one millionth customer at the airport mm-hmm. that just had to get that extra security screening just to make sure he was okay. Yeah. Right? American citizen. But we just had to make sure he was all right because of the way that he looked. Yeah. Of course. Like, yeah. It's wild. It's fucking crazy. Those are those biases that we're talking about. You know what I mean? Well, why does there have to be three police cars when you're talking to your girlfriend mm-hmm. in the car? Right. Mm-hmm. Because. Because. It's right. true. Like, there's no other reason. I've been, you know, <laughs> arrested. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't think I've ever told you guys this. Well, I was arrested. We just found out, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, there you go. Okay. Um, DUI, I don't know if you... I don't know if that tracks. <laughs> You're not driving. We're in your house. You That's true. I don't have to go anywhere. But like, you know, it was like really good. Yeah, it was. It was. It was one cop car. It was one cop trainee who didn't do the handcuffs right. Wow! Wow! And that's something. <laughs> who didn't? You know, it was just like it was such like a botched arrest that I, you know, like probably if I had been in my right mind, I mean, it was warranted, but like had I, you know what I mean? But it's like one cop car, one got the easiest penalty, nothing. It was just like, yeah, it's hard. Complete. Again, I grew up in an all white community. Yeah. And I look at when, um, uh, the, the young man in Pittsburgh that was killed by the police. Antoine Rose. Antoine yeah. Rose. And, and they shut down, they had an amazing protest that shut down the parkway. Yeah. And on Facebook, I am looking at people that I went to school with say, PennDOT just needs to get out the plow trucks, clear the space. And I'm like, you are willing, you as a human being, and most of these people as Christian Human beings, oh, of course, yeah. are willing to kill every single solitary person on that highway, that street, right? Because they are standing up for what they believe in, right? Which is against what they believe in. But so n- naturally, there's nothing. Wrong. Now, granted, PennDOT did not get out the trucks, no. but why? Why is there no accountability for the people who are saying to fucking plow these people over? Where's the accountability for that? It does not matter whether you believe that Antoine Rose should have been shot by the police or not. Where's the fucking accountability for these human beings who are willing to kill other human beings because of how mm-hmm. they 
they stand up for what they believe. And if you put it on the other hand, right, or the other foot, or whatever the fuck, right, like people that say, you know, that uh, George Floyd's murderer, I'm not going to say his fucking name because mm-hmm. he's an ass wipe, <laughs> and I forget it. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? Yeah, right? Uh, which actually kind of is wonderful, and mm-hmm. I love that, that mm-hmm. I do forget it, but like, people that you know, say, good, good, it should have happened, Gret, he should have gotten more, I mean, yeah. whatever, whatever. Those people get, like, slaughtered on social media because yeah. it's like, well, you're trying to play the judge, the jury, on the bottom. I'm like, well, no, the judge and the jury both all fucking agreed. So that piece of shit is hopefully got a broomstick up his ass right fucking now. You know, I just had a conversation. Somebody asked me the question, if I could, uh, and this is, you know, uh, uh, you're playing. we were playing a game, and they put me in a hot seat, and they said, okay, if you could save... Every person of color that has been killed in the hands of police in the past three years, but you had to let one of them remain dead. Could you choose who you would pick? And I said, absolutely. And I said, George Floyd, without a shadow of a doubt. And let me tell you why. George Floyd changed the way every single one of us thought Mm -hmm. about police brutality. George Floyd, although it is a shame that we lost that man in the world, it really truly is a shame. Over twenty dollars. What he did, what he woke up in America, I will be forever in that man's debt. The greatest, and, and how terrible! I like even like right now, like a a, a chill just went up my side when I said like the greatest, like but like representation of. Well, it's gone. Whatever I was going to say is gone. But that, but, that, but, that, but that, it, 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 it was such a monumental huh? thing. To happen mm-hmm. that. Have you ever seen Will Smith's I Am Legend? Yeah. It, it's kind of, he's a legend. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because uh, I think Will Smith even says in that movie that you, like, you can't still be living and be mm-hmm. a legend. Like yeah. it's, it's gut wrenching that it's... George Floyd was murdered over $20 right. fucking dollars. Right. But because of. Of that, we wouldn't be, and not, not that I think a huge amount of progress has been made. Sure, no. But, but I do believe progress has been made. Listen, I don't work where I work anymore. It's, yeah. And I think that part of that is because yeah. George Floyd opened my eyes. Yeah. You know it, what I it mean? It was a different, it was a different way of, uh, uh, of seeing it. And it, it was a different like, representation of. And um, we had to see it. Yeah. There wasn't anything else going on. We had to sit in our homes. We had no new television. We had no new football. Like the, the, the baseball wasn't happening. We were the only option every was, step of the way. You have to, as a country, collectively, as a world, as a mm-hmm. nation, kind of like what we're doing with UK, yeah. Ukraine right now. We had, as a nation, we had to watch that police officer kill that black man just over and over, over time. And in over real time. Again. Yep. In real time. I, I saw something that that said something along the lines of I will not quote it, uh, but never this was this was our generation's sort of OJ trial. Yeah, mm-hmm. never in a time before that have you know we all collectively been sort of like glued to the glued to a news story. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to be the trial. I mean, the trial was fucking short, mm-hmm. unlike OJ, but like. It, it was something that was monumental to everyone. Like I, I, you know, I was working from home. So I, and by working from home, I mean, watching the news from home 
for, you know, three weeks straight while they did the trial and just like getting irate every single witness that came forward that you didn't even know about when you would see like the, the face cam or face face cam. Who the fuck am I? Like the, the phone videos of yeah. people doing that that I couldn't watch because, you know, vertigo. <laughs> but yeah, I, I have vertigo. By the way, everybody, <laughs> we we know that now. Yeah. We, we've learned that. Yeah, but like it, you just couldn't. You couldn't. I'm sorry, I tangented. Listen, we hey. all do it. We all do yeah. it. Yeah. And but like, I, 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 oh, go, go ahead. No, you go know, ahead. You no, go. 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 Well, mine was gonna take us off this topic, though. Do it. Okay. So I will say that you brought up hot seat. Hot seat. Oh, baby. Get in the hot oh, seat. Baby. It's not even a hot seat question. It was an experience I had in a hot seat when it came it. to. So, um, my listeners do know that I am a gay man. I don't know if my listeners know that I do. I, I, I find myself more attracted to non-white people. Love. And I will say that. that. That's just the truth. Does it happen to be black men more often than not? Yes. Your heart is what you're trying to tell me under yes. the table right now. Yeah, I'm really it's glad that, that we're that separated. Happens, that happens a lot. Yeah. That's why we keep the distance. I know, I know. We keep I, the meat and cheeses go? between us. Yes. Should I go? So that way... Okay, yeah. I'll take a scooter right with me. <laughs> oh, yeah, honestly, if you could, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, great. All right, I'll... Uh... This, is, this is actually... We're not even recording, actually. This has just been a plot. <laughs> You're just trying to get my husband drunk and fuck him? Yep. Well, it was one of the best old fashions I've ever had in my life. Anyway, you're attracted to people of color. So anyway, you're attracted to Brady. Yes, yes, I'm attracted to Brady. Uh But I've always been attracted to Brady. (laughs) (laughs) Just from like like a point of inception of knowing that like I was not, like I I am attracted to non-white people. I don't know what that is about me. I'm working it out. I'm figuring yeah, it out. I don't sure. know what that is, but it's ingrained in me, right? And it's just like, that's just what my biology tells me. And it's like, if I had to choose between one and two, if I were to see both people naked in like separate times, my penis would probably get hard for one of them and it would not be the white person. Yeah. Fair. I just slapped myself. <laughs> you did. You did. You really, yeah. So. So the question is. Yes. Will you take your pants off, Brady? My pants have been off for the past 20 minutes. The uh, listeners don't know that I it's a podcast. It. Yeah, no. That's yeah. the beauty of it. Yeah. Yeah. My foot's been over there for, you know, I days. <laughs> yeah. party however you want no i don't think that there's and that's the thing like that's you know we talk about interracial and and interreligion and all of these things like all these mixes listen we are on a very different spiritual journey Mm -hmm. than 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 you know i don't think that a relationship with somebody necessarily means that you have to be exactly like them because quite frankly that sounds why would you want that it'd be boring as shit if i were married to a Mandy, I would kill her. Like, we would not, we wouldn't get along. Like, none of my friends are like me because we wouldn't get along. Yeah. The closest person that I think is like me is my dear, dear friend, Adam Flad. And every once in a while, he and I butt heads like you wouldn't believe. Shocking. But at the end of the day, we're like, you want to make out? Cool. Great. And then here we are. And then you do. I was in a game of King's Cup. I don't know what that is. <gasps> we should play King's Cup. Well, we'll play it right after this. Okay, great. Let's play With it right a now. can of Coke. Okay. <laughs> of of Coca-Cola. Yeah. Not a can of cocaine. Cocaine, yeah. A- um, but essentially what it is is that you put, you know, a drink in the middle and then you have you put cards all around it 
and circle every card of has circle of death. It's just I got. Oh it. yeah, 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 mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we called it something different. for 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 this one game that we were playing. Um, Ace was hot seat. In which was every single person got to ask you a question, Ooh, right? Shit. And okay. like you know, this was like three a.m. I had just been to like fifty at a one P Town Lucky's Tilden. Like I had made you the did rounds. The tour, yeah. Okay. I saw the gays and I all of them. the gays. all of the gays. Every good every and they all came back here except and by all I mean three of them. Okay, but there was like there was a group of us and there were people I didn't. know. I was hosting. I was like, you know, whatever. It's not a big deal. My place is. Lo- close it's close oh. and, and and beautiful it is and beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. i've got plant i've got a fucking i forgot the name you of the plant plants. but it would have been so funny <laughs> if i plants. remembered the name of the plant. you have plants <laughs> yeah flowers. yeah um and so we were playing it and i drew an ace and so everyone's asking me like dumb shit, you know, like what's your position? Like when was the last time you shit your pants? Which was two years ago. Everybody, I've told that story numerous times, but. <laughs> It was 20 minutes ago. It was 20 minutes ago. I'm so embarrassed to get up. But my, (laughs) it was the last person and they drew this card and this, I've I've known this person for a very, very long time. Like two or three years. I guess that's really not that long. Yeah. But in the grand scheme, but whatever. Sure. Right. But like, we've known each other long enough that like, whatever. And she drew the, it was her turn and she didn't draw anything. I drew the card. You drew the ace, yeah. Yes. And she asked me and she looked me dead straight in the eyes. And I will also preface, there were about four people here I didn't know. I just was like, it's no big deal. Like, if you guys want to come back, we'll all hang. It'll be very relaxing. Yeah. And she came back and she looked me dead straight in the eyes. She was like, Caleb, why do you fetishize black men? Ooh. And I was just so taken aback by it. And I was just like, and it, the room got like, like you would hear a pin drop. Sure. Not unlike no my trains, windows are open. No, no trains, trains no that trains day. came. No <laughs> trains came. Nothing happened. Uh, but it was. Uh, it, it took me a really long time to like process the conversation. And what by and by a long time, I probably mean like maybe thirty seconds before I started talking. But thirty seconds of dead space is, is a long a fucking time. time. Let's, Let's try it. Ready it. and yeah. go. And, okay. That was seven, not, and I'm uncomfortable. Not counting, they, like but there that. was seven, and I was like, "Yeah, right, exactly." Yeah. So good job, everyone. Yeah. Luckily, for me, luckily for me, because I am doing a uh, fetish episode at some point in this season. Sure. Plug, shameless plug. Because uh, I am curious about fetishes, because I think they're fascinating. Yeah. I had looked up the definition of a fetish, which I will read for everyone now because I did put it on here because. It's important to me. <laughs> yeah, I like it. So a fetish is a form of sexual desire in which gratification... Okay, okay, okay. In which gratification is linked to an abnormal degree to a particular object, item of clothing, part of the body, etc. All right. So I had I had known roughly what that was because I had just been like doing this research and I was like, I want to make sure I've got my notes ready to go for whenever I do this. And I my response roughly was I think that your understanding of what a fetish is is wrong in that a fetish is something that has an abnormal obsession with something. And I said, I was like, I don't think it's abnormal to be attracted to someone of a different race than you. 
And so that was like my first like big moment where I was oh, like, okay, yeah. like I'm like I'm like, I'm, then you just drop. threw the mic like, down, and yeah. said, get the fuck out my yeah. house. And I, I, so I was like, that I was like, I don't think it's abnormal. And she was a person of color. Okay. Oh, this is interesting. So it was it was fascinating to me, and it was like, so it was it was that, and I and I said, there is nothing that in my DNA says that I am strictly attracted to, to black people. I'm like, I think the real question that people should be asking is why am I not attracted to white people? And I'm working on that. I've got, yeah, I was like, I'm like, we're we're terrible. terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, but like, it it has nothing to do with like being attracted to black men. I'm like, you know what the thing of it is, is that like, if I, if I, if I did have a choice, maybe, I don't know. Unfortunately, I don't have a choice. (laughs) The options aren't just lining up outside. I'm not just sitting in my room with my pants down, butthole out. I'm just trying to live my life. Face down, booty up. That's the way we like to... I've, (laughs) but I think it's curious because I think this is something that comes and sort of derails interracial relationships a lot is that idea of fetishizing one race to be with you or not. Mm. And I don't think that, I mean, I know for me, there is, there is no sort of, um, there really is no prevalence. I mean, I want to live in a world where everybody wants to fuck me, but <laughs> who doesn't? Exactly. You hear that, well? Where are the trains full of people lining up to fuck Kayla? Yeah. No, well, listen, we've all been in. We've all been in that world. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Like we all. Like, have, we were all young. We all lived our lives. All right. What else? What else we got? Uh, <clears throat> Get it out. Um, how has uh, your views? How has your views? How have your views on each other's race changed now that you've been together? If they have, maybe they oh, have. Kind of, kind of circling back where, uh, once again, like I said, that Brady's skin color didn't register or like really matter. Yeah, it does in a in a very positive way. Yeah, because I realized that that was. It, it you you now understand the damage behind the phrase I never saw you as black. Yes. You are, Oh my god. That was my turn. <laughs> I was expecting <laughs> it to tip over <laughs> and then forgot that that's not yeah, how like, I, th- I think that <laughs> dating me made you understand that phrase because um you know, I, I just actually, when George Floyd passed away, I put this big old thing on Facebook about what it means to be black in America and, and, and why it's scary, I mm-hmm. think, sometimes. Um, didn't expect it to get much traction. Next thing you know, it was shared 500 times. And, you know, it just kind of blew, blew my mind. I didn't expect that. But but a lot of the comments underneath it, people that I know and love would say, I never saw you as anything but kind and and and, and this, that, and the other thing. And it's like... That's a, if you really want to dig into it, that's another way of saying, well, you're not black, you're kind, you're wonderful. Black people are kind. Oh, I was going to ask, I was going to say, it was like, is that them taking that what you said on online was unkind? Well, and no, 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 not, not that. It's just that all of these experiences that I happened to, to, to me, oh, well, I never saw you as that. I saw you as kind, this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, no, you're missing the point of the, the post. Yeah. The post <laughs> is saying that all of those things that you are saying are true, mm-hmm. but the color of my skin 
makes it harder for me to live on a day-to-day basis because the police officer doesn't have time to sit down and have a conversation with me and talk to me about how I view the world before he calls his buddies and my hands are sprawled out on the police car. That's just, that's just not how it works. That's just not how it works. Right. You know, and that's, that's what I think. Not that I, and again, the people that said that on the post, there's some people that I care very much about. Mm -hmm. I know that that is not what they meant. Of course. But that is the point. We have to think about what we are saying. Are your people going to show up for this audition can be said the exact same way by saying, do you think that we have engaged with that demographic enough to pull off that piece of art? Yeah. Isn't that the same phrase? It's the exact same phrase. Without, and then ultimately, yeah. if, the, if, the, if your response to the question is, do we have the demographic to pull off this piece of art is no, your follow-up, immediate fucking follow-up question is, what do we need to do to get that demographic? Mm-hmm. How do we engage with that community so we can make If we want to do this show, yeah. Then how the hell do we find the people and how do we engage with the people and how do we make those people feel like they belong in our place mm-hmm. so that way they feel comfortable bringing this art right. to Well, and it's the kind of thing, if you're doing a show that has a specific demographic, why would you not be doing it for the reason of representing that demographic other than you're thinking, this is going to make money. How can I make it money? This is going to make money. How can I make money? You know what I mean? That's 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 capitalism in the arts. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's that's yeah. capitalism in the world. Right, right. You know what I mean? The almighty dollar. It is quite truly amazing. Folks, right. How and much that, and money you know, means to you? That's and like I I don't fault productions for thinking. Could we do this? No, we can't. Let's not. Sure. I do, however, fault companies that are like, could we do this? Maybe not. No, we're doing it. Yeah, let's try it. We'll anyway. figure it out. We'll see what happens. There is a a, a theater company in my home town, my oh, home no. town that I just saw. They made a post that they were doing ragtime. Nice. And they made a post on social media of a music rehearsal. Mm. Oh. And it was like a, you know a U, the U of people. Uh-huh. You know, granted. And I looked at this post, and it was super odd to me. In that I didn't see a black person there. <gasps> maybe maybe they were rehearsing a part of the show. That... That's all white. <laughs> but I was like, what part of that show requires zero? <laughs> That's gonna be fun. I know. I want to go there see it because no I'm, I'm cute. It. I'm, I am curious. I am gonna go see it. I'm gonna be like, I'm so fascinated to see what it is <laughs> that you guys do. Like, please. Well, I mean, between you, me, and the hole in the wall, and, and Scooter, nobody else that's listening. No one. No, this is a private conversation. I once played Aida in Aida. We've all made mistakes. And I will never do it again. We. That's one of those things where, like, I look back on that and I'm like, oh. The point that I was going to bring up when I was, because I, I, I was like, when you, when you, when you take a point, the the idea of dating, you add race on top of it. I was thinking, you know, if if that does come into play, it would be LGBT race dating. Like, all three things. To be perfectly honest, I happen to think, from what I have observed from friends of mine in the world, I'm not an expert, I can't speak for everybody. I think for whatever reason, I think it might be easier to be part of the LGBTQIA plus community and date interracially than it would be for 
heterosexual couples to date interracially. Super mm. interesting. I think that because you're already pariahs. Yeah, kind of. Like <laughs> oh, no, I, I, I think I think the public perception. Wait, that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I think the public perception is that it hits the point of like <laughs> two men together or two women together or two. Well, Persons. fill in the blank. Their their sexuality trumps their race. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that people can't get past the sexuality part of it to focus on the race. They're just like First sexuality. Off, I also want to say to the, the podcast <laughs> listeners that is the only way that you should ever use the word Trump. Ever. Yeah. Ever. Um, but yes, I unless get you're it. playing. Unless you're playing him. If you're playing him, then you can do whatever you want. You can say whatever you want if you're playing him because he is the greatest of the greatest. He is the best. We're going to have the best. It's, everything's going to be the best here in America. That's how it's going to be. Now, Bernie Sanders. We're going to hate the black people because that's what we do. We, I, could go out on, I could go on Fifth Avenue. I could shoot somebody. I wouldn't lose any voters. That man said that. He said that. He said it. And that's he still was the president of the United States. I don't care about it. I don't care about his political side. I've, I could go out <laughs> on Fifth Avenue and I could shoot somebody and I wouldn't lose any votes. That's what he said. This is my Donald Trump impression. <laughs> it's not as good. I have to do that. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to hear my Jennifer <laughs> Coolidge? Yes. <laughs> oh, do you want to hear my Jennifer Coolidge? Yes, I do. <laughs> All right, ready? Let's go. Which one do you want to do? Uh, the, what has she dog. got that you got? got? Oh, wait, oh. which one? Oh. Oh, oh. now you each have a line. Okay, right, right. okay. You go first. All right. You look like the 4th of July. <laughs> Makes me want a hot dog real bad. Or what has she got that you don't got? Three tits. <laughs> It's a Coolidge off. Weigh in. We want your we want we your want feedback. Our Who please, had the better? In the comments. Was it? Do you want to hear Brady's Jennifer Coolidge? <laughs> I don't think I have a Jennifer Just Coolidge. Just do this. Uh, 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 no. Oh know. yeah. That was no, that was, that was kind of it. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Man, oh. how about a little levity? Yeah, during this that? is fun. This, this is, is. I know. We um, we need the, we need the, it's like yes. it's that oh it, you know God. what my I like to call it the laugh before they killed Jesus. Absolutely, oh, everybody had a good laugh. Like before. Everyone had a hair. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, you were. Go- I think we're leading into a question though. This whole night, oh, I feel like I? we've been saying we've been leading. Oh no, we said sexuality trumps race. Oh yeah, I I think that it's easier for interracial relationships in the LGBTQIA plus community in that I don't think people who are against it. Focus on that part of it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to skip over my last question because I'm going to save it for the very, very end. Nice. But there is one um, article that I read that I think, I, I don't know, I think we all have might might have an interesting take on. Ooh, hot takes, hot uh, the, takes. The name of the, of the article hot is takes. What We Lose When We Focus on Whiteness in Interracial Relationships. And it is by Nyla Burton. And I'll post the link. Please. <laughs> right. But essentially, it, it be, it's the idea of, in media, when you are confronted with interracial relationships, th- I'm, 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 I honestly did struggle. And I th- could think of one. Did I write it down? No. But I'm a bad investigative journalist. Mm-hmm. But I was, uh, there was one that I could think of that wasn't this, but it was like, think of an interracial relationship that you see reflected in media, TV, movies, whatever, that does not include one white person. Oh, you mean interracial? 
Oh, you mean like, like a the like way a that person? media portrays it? It's always yeah. a white person and blank. Mm. A white mm. oh 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 shit yeah yeah, yeah. and that's like in in like. Even, like, what was I watching earlier? I was watching Sex and the City earlier, and I was thinking about, like, any relationships that were interracial, and it's, like, it's, it's, I can think of two, and they were both black men and white women. Well, hmm. Sandra O oh and Denzel Washington on okay. Grey's Anatomy. Not Denzel Washington, oh, but your, your, your. Whatever his uh, name was, yeah. All black people look alike is showing. <laughs> oh, my God, no, please, No. no. <laughs> You know what also sucks is that, uh, I, is that you, you said that and I went, went yeah. You just went with it. You're like, yeah, that was Denzel Washington. Absolutely. Stop. No. Oh, fuck. No, I just don't. What's his name? But I know you're Dr. Yeah. Dr. Burke, whatever Burke. his name is. I don't, I don't know what his actual name is because yeah. he's actually a piece of shit. So I'm glad. Actually, we did a dishonor to Denzel Washington. Yeah. I'm sorry, Denzel. Yeah, because I believe because he is that guy, the, very Dr. anti-Semitic. D- really? Denzel? No, oh. not Denzel. Oh. No, the guy that played because he had a Dr. big Burke. issue with someone. Oh well, Jewish. he also called somebody the f word mm-hmm. for gay guys. Mm. Yeah. It wasn't anti-Semitic. It was homophobic. <laughs> yeah, it was homophobic. homophobic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was uh, George Bailey. Yeah, 007. Yeah, 007. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. But, all right, that was... All right, that, but anyway, that, is, about that, that is a great yeah. example of but, media using it. Yeah, yeah. But, like, that's the thing. It's, like, even, like, with this latest season of... I didn't watch it, but Love is Blind. I don't know if anyone watched it. I don't know if you guys watched it. Uh, I watched I the watched first the season. I watched the first season. I have not watched and was the appalled, second season. But, like, even in the Hooked. first season, right? Did you see it in an interracial couple? No. Except for the main one. that The only relationship that made it. Uh, well, Cameron and... And again, I think yeah. that part of the reason for that is... It doesn't matter. They're you, not relevant. You put, t- you put people... I think one of the reasons why I'm easily in an interracial marriage mm-hmm. is because white culture has been my whole life. Mm-hmm. My whole life. So it is it is kind of easy. And when you look at Love is Blind... It's it, it, it actually again great thing that that uh, uh, John Oliver uses in that critical race theory thing, mm-hmm. as every black bachelorette will tell you, race do- is important because it is going to come up. Mm-hmm. You have to keep in mind when you are dating interracially, especially if you are going to have children, you are talking about raising your children two very different ways yeah most of the time now you can mend those ways together by simply being what everybody a good fucking person if you're a good person it doesn't matter what your cultural backgrounds i want my child Mm -hmm. to learn not just about the white culture in america or the black culture in america but we better be teaching Mm -hmm. our kid about what it means to be in the lgbtq plus community and i want my child if they are able-bodied. I want them reading stories about kids that are in wheelchairs because that's how you teach children empathy. Mm. And that's what changes the world. Empathy is such a huge thing. And it's so easily confused with sympathy. Yes, it is. And I think sympathy, to me personally, when I feel like someone is being sympathetic towards me i get 
irate. It it boils my blood. I hate it. I'm like, I like don't feel bad for me. Please. Like, please yeah. don't. Like, I, I mean, like, I understand. Like, obviously, there's situations where, like, you know, if someone dies, if, like, you know, like, you feel, Sympathetic. you know, mm-hmm. but you can, like, no, who hasn't experienced someone dying in their lives? Right. Like, don't feel bad for me. Mm-hmm. Understand what it is that I'm going through. Yeah. And I, I would never hold anyone accountable if they didn't feel that way. But empathy is such a core thing. And so many people think they have empathy. Yeah. And they don't. Right. They don't. They absolutely don't. Well, people think they are so empathetic, but really what they, and at the end of the day, they are sympathetic yeah. at most. Yeah. And that is as much as they can muster. Yeah. Well, and again, the other thing that I have Colonel to keep, the, the other keep, the thing that you have to keep in mind, if, if I'm not mistaking the definition of it, sympathy you can have because it's something that you have experienced. Empathy is something that you have for an experience that you have not shared. It's Under- the way that I look at it. Yes. I can say to you, I am very sympathetic that you lost your uncle because I've lost my uncle and I know what that did to me. And I have sympathy for that. Did you know about that? No, I didn't. Oh, no, I didn't. Well, that was good. <laughs> oh, oh. Did you but, lose your uncle? Yeah. Oh, well, oh, look I'm at so that. Sorry and I am sorry for that. And I, I can feel the and sympathy I feel that in empathy. that yeah. because oh. I've also <laughs> lost my uncle. You know what I mean? Yes. And we can talk about the sympathetic differences in that. Right. But empathy. I can be empathetic towards you because I, I actually, Mandy's sibling, Two T's, and I, mm-hmm. uh, Two T's, Russek, and myself had a wonderful conversation about this because we, at one point in time, were kind of pitting up, not even pitting up against each other, but pitting mm-hmm. the LGBTQ plus hardships versus black hardships. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why are we trying to put these up against each other? And Two T's kept saying, well, your exp- I can't compare my experience to your experience. And yeah. I kept saying, well, I can't compare my experience to your experience. Right. So the only thing that I can do is know that Two T's and myself are two human beings that have felt that people have treated us badly because of who we are as people. And the only thing I can feel is empathy. I have never been in the LGBTQ plus yes. community. But I certainly know where Matt, where two T's is coming from because man, I felt that way too. And here's my experience, yes. and here's why. Sympathy, I've always the way I've always understood it is feeling bad for someone when they go through something that they can't handle. Yeah, empathy is understanding, understanding what that people go, what those people go through, and connecting with them on that level. It's not because about- feeling bad for someone. I mean, I've never I've never wanted to be that person that's felt bad for someone. Yeah. Because I don't think that's sincere. Like obviously it helps some people. People that don't understand it, people that can't comprehend like that level of emotional integrity. Yeah. Which I, I feel like me saying that makes it seem like I don't give people a lot of credit, but I do because I think people do it so much more than they think they do. Yeah. But I, I being sympathetic to me is um, superficial. Yeah. And and maybe that could be because of, you know, my 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 background where I worked. I mean, I worked at a company that um I, I can say I work for Apple. Yeah, I can say I work for Apple. I just can't say anything 
mysterious about them. But but the the only way that I knew to be successful at working there was to be empathetic. Yeah. Because being sympathetic, people would would throw like fits, throw tantrums, want to talk to the manager. It was like you don't want to feel bad for someone because their phone doesn't work. Yeah. You want to understand the predicament that they're in. Mm. And it's such a low level of understanding it, but, like, it has helped me so much. I I think of sympathy as the famous phrase, I'm sorry that you feel that way. Think, I mean, really, truly. You know what I mean? When you really think about it, it's like, oh, I'm so sad that I just lost my dad. Oh, you have my deepest sympathy. I'm sorry that you feel that way. I'm sorry that this event has made you feel the way that it feels. But empathy... That's looking at somebody across the eyes and saying, "I can't even imagine what you're going through." Yeah, I can't even. I can't even imagine it. I Empathy, can't. Yeah, I I, I uh, would also like to just chime in real quick and like I want to tell white people that that phrase is kind of we should probably start taking it out of our vernacular when Everybody it comes to race. Take it which out one? Of your vernacular. The uh, I can't imagine what you're going through. Oh God, yeah. Like, stop saying that. So instead of instead Ooh. of saying that, oh, I see what you're saying. I'm try sorry, try to imagine it, and like give yourself some context or some circumstance that you can at least sort of relate to, so that that way you can sort of understand what this person is feeling. So then that way you can sort of comprehend maybe what they need or how you can help or what what the next steps are like i'm i'm tired of the i'm I'm tired of the oh i could never understand i i I could never i couldn't imagine what you're going through well done with that conversation you know what i mean do you ever get that as being a white woman married to a black man has it that especially with what we've experienced in the past two years you know has that ever come up uh, I mean, I guess I, it's good if it hasn't. Yeah, I can't think of an instance where it has. Well, that's good. Yeah, which I'm I'm thankful for, but that's because I surround myself with incredible yeah. human beings. Because right, that's the other thing about this episode is like I knew when you guys came into this, I was like, I, I just like know you guys. You, I know all of you all so well, and, and like, I know our mutual friends, and I'm yeah. like. Huh. Nobody's a real dick. Like, we're okay. <laughs> when I was looking at the questions, I was like, who's going to violate any of these questions? <laughs> well, yeah. Greg Russack, who wants the best for everyone he's <laughs> yeah. ever met ever, right. is like, are you sure you want to marry a black guy? Like, no. Listen, no. Listen, the hard part about it, though, is, Great. and again, for somebody who is Love a person him. of color and has been surrounded by white people, and I, I just got to, for a split second, talk about that fragility for a minute. Yes. And I don't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable, but I got to tell you, I've lost so many people that are close to me simply because I called them out or called somebody out that they care for more than they care for me just because it's like, hey, I know that maybe you have, you've changed. Maybe things have been better, but you got to remember that you said this to me and it did hurt my feelings and, and, and. It's okay. We're going to move on. We can move past it. But you've got to know that it happened. Yes. And that fragility, I think, there is a there is a huge difference between the fragility of, of, of understanding hurting someone. And isn't it so weird 
that it's like this idea of like I just like need someone to accept that I am unhappy about a way that I was treated. Yeah. Right? And getting somebody to, to understand that sometimes. Getting is someone very to accept hard. that. Yeah. And move on from it so the conversation can grow. But that person, more than likely, just based off of society and what we've all seen, can't get over that initial hurdle. So so the, the if I can be perfectly transparent, and I love my, my beautiful wife is standing here with her hands up and I wonder. I'm, I'm sitting, so. sitting, I'm sorry. But Would you think like about stand? this microphone cord being the line, right? And that line is the person who's trying to figure out what the right thing is to do. On one side, you've got people who are crying and saying, but we, we've tried and I don't, I don't know how to. And, uh. and on this side, you've got people ready to burn it to the fucking ground. Yeah. It is impossible. As a person of color, you've got to make a decision right then. What are you doing? You burning it to the ground or are you trying to make a difference? In in the people that you're trying to change, yeah, you have to ma- you have to decide, and that's a hard call to make. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. So, just circling back about fragility, when we were talking about the police officer from your hometown, mm. your initial post at, at being a black man in America, uh, he told the story of of uh, this. Well, I'll tell you. Helicopter? I can tell it real fast. Let me tell the story. Yes. The, 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 uh, this was a police officer in my, in my, known in my hometown. And he told his white daughter, again, I grew up in a white community. If you ever bring a black person, he used the N word, into this house, I'm shooting them. And this person, uh, the, the child was my friend. I mean, we grew up together. Well, what about Brady? Brady doesn't count. Now, I never understood that because he's, Raised white, and I put my air quotes for the podcast listeners. Mm-hmm. Like, why didn't Brady count? You guys know. are really good at that, by the way. It yeah. took me like four episodes to be like, oh, people don't understand that I'm putting air quotes, air quotes out. Yeah. So I sound like a fucking asshole. Yeah. So, anyway, I'm sorry. You- no, no, no. So, uh, and then that friend confronted Brady and said, how dare you? How dare you take it down? That never happened. But, <gasps> but. Wait, 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 wait. Take what down? Take the part about their father down. The, See, the again, police officer. Small town, small mind. Rumors spread very quickly. So okay. the second that this is oh, put oh, up there, oh, okay, now okay. all of a sudden, okay. it's, I did not call this person's father a racist in any way, shape, or form. Or sure. say their name. Or say their name. I didn't even imply that, that. I just said this was an experience to me. And now my friend, this is somebody who, again, I grew up with. We went to high school together. We were very, very close. When she had her first child, I was right there. Like, right there. In the hospital the day her kid was born. She does not speak to me anymore. Because I said something. I repeated something that her father said. And I have a... she won't talk to me. I have a very dear friend, uh, Alexis, who uh, at some point we were out at a bar. Like we were having drinks. We were hanging out, having a good time. And I said something along the lines of, I could never kiss a black man because of his big lips. And she remembered that. And she she was invited to our wedding. Mm -hmm. She called me and she was like, hey, you said this. And like, it's it's stuck with me and it hurts. And I called her and I was like, let me first preface by saying it doesn't fucking matter that I have no recollection of making of saying that. Mm-hmm. It, I am so sorry. It was a tasteless, hurtful, harmful, obscene, ignorant joke that I 
do not mean would not and and she and she was like it made me feel unsafe it made me feel uncomfortable it made me feel ugly and i was like i can't believe that those words came out of my mouth and i am so mm-hmm. sorry and i uh, will never make a joke like that again and i i can't like i was so ashamed mm-hmm. but point being there's a the 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 white fragility like that was a hard conversation but we came out on the other side and like I could have said I never said that because honestly like I have no recollection of saying it but it doesn't fucking matter mm-hmm. because she does because every person of color in the United States is going to remember when they felt discriminated, when they felt uncomfortable, when they felt racism, when they felt hate, they are going to remember the phrase, the person, the time, like they remember it. So when Brady, circling back to the very beginning of the conversation, when Brady is the only person of color at Pittsburgh Musical Theater and he's saying, this is my experience, I need help, I need somebody to hear me, it's perception is fact when there is nobody else so it's it's not about i i I don't fucking care that like white people's feelings are getting hurt it's time to make up for that you know what i mean it's time to stop saying i'm sorry you feel that way or that wasn't my intention or i couldn't imagine those phrases are done do something about it do something and, about and it. i think that that we all as human so beings now have have the choice you know we as humans we have a decision to make what do we want what do we want to see in the world and what we want to see in the world we're going to put out into the world mm-hmm. and what we what we want to see in the world we're going to surround ourselves in in the world yeah uh, you know like i said flat out i mean i i i, I have from my 15 years at that organization, I've taken away some incredible people. Mm-hmm. I met my wife. Right here. You know what I mean? There is yeah. a lot of things that I credit. We all have history, mm-hmm. I think is what I'm trying to say. We all have stories. PMT will always be a part of my story. Yeah. Whiteness yeah. will always be a part of my story. Um, uh, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's just so much that kind of goes mm-hmm. into it all. And that's where I'm saying at what point and, in time do we start wield, stop wielding our swords and stop for a second and say, okay, how big of a problem are we talking about here? Because quite frankly, we are talking about something global mm-hmm. and we're not just talking about our little small hometowns. We're talking about something that is giant. And when we are trying to take down giant, really true, look at Into the Woods, great example of this, right? Individually, when you've got a bunch of individuals trying to stab a giant, that giant's just going to keep stepping, right? But when you come together as a group of people and you decide that you as a crew are saying no more, then at that point in time, you can move on and live. So this is it. This is the. This what is did the, I ask? You I said you, you said knows. we talked about one the article, uh, yes, and you yes. said this is the last yes. question. This is the last question. It for the end. Yes. What do you say to people? Yes. No. What? Who? <laughs> what do you say to people who either don't believe or have a problem with interracial relationships? Other than go fuck yourself, go kick rocks, <laughs> fuck off, you fucking cunt. The number one thing that we all, every single one of your listeners have to remember, and this is something that I take take for granted every single solitary day, 
Not in my lifetime. I'm in my I'm in my mid thirties. Mm-hmm. You're early thirties. But in my parents' lifetime. In my in laws' lifetime. In your parents' lifetime. Yeah. Us all sitting in the same room was illegal. Truly. My dad is seventy three years old. Right? So yeah. so he was born in the late fifties. Yeah. Or in the mid fifties. And in the mid-50s, my father, my adopted father, would never in a million years think about me as his son. Yeah. So one of the things, I know that there are a lot of people out there that are saying, what are you talking about? Interracial marriages, interreligion marriages, like all of these things, mixing it up, right? I've never understood. This is one thing I love about America. We are the melting pot. But the second things start melting together, it's like, oh, fuck you. No, no, no. Those two things can't go together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's just ridiculous. Um, a melting pot, but only if you're white. <laughs> just all of the white. It's, it's a yeah. queso dip. It's a queso dip. Yeah. Nice, queso blanco. Nice the queso blanco. But yeah, you know, I think that, there are definitely people out there that yeah. don't, that don't, they're never going to like interracial marriages. Because quite frankly, again, when you look at the generational gaps here that we're talking, we're not talking, you know, we always talk about 400 years, right? 400 years ago. But this didn't stop 400 years ago. It started in America 400 years ago. It stopped in America. It hasn't. It hasn't. Not (laughs) ever. Yes, you cannot own me as a human being anymore. But again, the the systems that were brought into place out of racism, we have to be able to acknowledge. No, but according to the history books that I learned, uh, Martin Luther King gave his I Have a Dream speech, and that was the end of racism. Yeah, that was it. Oh, good job, everybody. We did it. Uh That's literally like what people are being taught. And that's why the critical race theory. To fail you. Yes, and that's why critical race theory is so important to practice because it's not... Okay, another tangent. But, like, it's not supposed to... Fucking go for it. You know what? Like, the white kids going home being like, I feel ashamed to be white. It's like, well, kinda. Mm, I first would say, why? Why do you feel that way? Yes. Because, that again, that John Oliver video, I'm pulling it straight from that. Why? If somebody is making you feel ashamed to be, first off, as white people are sitting at this table, if you two feel ashamed to be white, yeah, fucking shame right. on you. No, you shouldn't feel that way. Sorry, sorry. You should not feel that way in any way, shape, or form it, it, because I know factually that neither one of you are doing anything to make yourselves or make us feel like we are less than. Yeah. You know what I mean? But the second we use phrases like us and them and ugh, that's where the a lot label. of the division comes from in. The very, like, five, like the five minutes in, we talk, I, I knew, I was like, I want to make sure that I address the fact that we're going to be talking about labels. Yeah. Because yeah. I knew, I know, I know the three of us. I think I know you both well enough. And I know myself that I'm like, I don't believe in labels. If Shit's Creek taught us anything, we, we learned, right? That we love the wine. We don't love the label. Yeah. We don't give a fuck. Love a good box. I'll tell you what, I think that that was one and, of the most brilliant. <laughs> love a good box. I don't know. I, I don't know who wrote that. I've slapped a bag once or twice. <laughs> but we all know. But I, seriously, I think that that's, that's a, that is a, brilliant beautiful bit of dialogue yeah you know? it is because it does not apply to the lgbtq community 
It does not. It applies to the world. Everything. 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 And it's like you sitting here talking about liking black men. It doesn't doesn't matter. It never matters. It doesn't matter. What matters is the fact that, like, it's not about the label. It's not. And we need to stop doing so much Mm -hmm. slapping. You know, I watched a great years ago. It was um, Trevor Noah and uh, what's her name? Tommy. 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 Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Laren. Tommy. Tommy. (laughs) Oh, Tommy. uh, Whatever. Whatever. Do you know who I'm talking? Her name is that girl. And again, I know nothing about her except for this interview with Trevor Noah. And in the sense that she was talking about the fact that, like, he said the word millennial. And she goes, well, I mean, I don't, I don't like labels, but, and it's like, okay, well, if we're going to say words like conservative, Republican, if we're going to say things like liberal Democrat, if we're going to, those, every single fucking one of those things are a Mm -hmm. label that you are slapping on somebody. And it's like that mentality. I actually had a wonderful conversation with, with a student of mine who, who taught me Mm -hmm. when I'm talking about looking at a cast of characters it's not about female identifying and male identifying. These are males and females. It's not about identifying with these. It's not that they identify as female. They, it's not that they prefer those pronouns. pronouns. That is their pronouns. Just like my pronouns are he, him. Why do I have to talk about which one is preferred to? What are your pronouns? It's he, him. Not what are your preferred pronouns. Right. What do you identify as? Right. I identify as Brady Patsy. Mm-hmm. If you want to take a second and find out what that means, then we can sit down and have a conversation. But... I don't identify as black. I don't identify as he, him. I don't identify as any of these things. I am Brady Patsy. That's who I identify as. And and that is my identity. And everything else around that, I'm going to show you that you belong in a conversation with me because I welcome you with open arms. And I don't care who you are. You you can be the label of a conservative Republican. I still want to talk to you. Yes, I will never hold anything against someone up until the point of getting to the and them saying something for them giving me a reason to hold something mm. against someone. Yeah. I've got so many family members in my life that I'm just so appalled yeah. by their 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 choices, their political views, their everything. And it, it blows my mind because for the longest time, especially through uh twenty 16 really yeah. i mean 2016 yeah. to 2020 yeah that i'm like how could you ever do so much and support so much something that would hurt me yeah and it blew my mind and i and it, I, I i finally one day realized that i had never put the conversation in i had never said why what they're doing affects me. Mm-hmm. I've never, I've never put that forward to be like, you voting for this person means this for me. Mm-hmm. Is that what you want? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, it, it, it wasn't like a, a, a trap. I was like, this, these are the facts. I'm like, this is what this person stands for, and this is how it affects me. Yeah. Is this what you want? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if it is. Go with God. I'm sure. like, I'm not going to try to make you change your ordeals. I'm right. never, ever going to try to make someone be like, oh, no, I didn't mean that because of that's what you... I'm like, if that's what you think, let me know now. Yes. I'm like, I don't care. That's I, the problem. We're I'm all not trying gonna... to hide our, our racisms and our biases. and all. Yes. We're trying to hide them behind these phrases. But if you just wore them proud on a t-shirt, because mm-hmm. truly, in all sincerity... Yes. You know, people... I've said, said so many people say... Oh, okay. Well, first off, the, the whole gas price thing. 
Gas prices have nothing to do with the president. First off, let's just no. get that out of the let's get that out of the way <laughs> Come right on. now. Thanks, Obama. I'm going to tell you right now that the price Lincoln. of gas at the get go on Braddock Avenue in 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 uh, in Elwood or not what's it called? El, not Elwood City. Edgewood. Edgewood, Swissville has nothing to do with Joe Biden. Nothing. I can promise you that. I promise. Um, probably has a lot to do with the war that's going on in Russia and Ukraine right now, oh, but yeah. it has yeah. nothing to do with uh, with <laughs> well, Joe Biden. That started there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think that was the start of it. Um, but anyway, you look at all of these things and you look at the way that you're being affected by these things, and it's like uh, uh, you can't change people. Yeah. You're never, and I shouldn't say that you you can't because you surely can. But I think the way to change people is, again, not necessarily screaming and yelling why their decisions are wrong, but at least screaming and yelling how much you're hurt by the decisions that are being made. Yes. That makes it a little bit more clear. You know what I mean? I can sit here and say to you all of the reasons that I don't like Donald Trump. And I'm going to be very honest with you, Caleb. None of them, not one of them, has anything to do with politics. Mm -hmm. And I see people all the time are like, oh, well, we couldn't handle him saying a few mean things. And now look at all of these things like gas prices being. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. This is a man who is quite literally leading what we are supposed to believe is the greatest fucking country in the world. If you can't say nice things, then you don't deserve the job. Yeah. I don't care what your political party is. I don't care. Yes. What was the question? Did we answer it? Um, to circle back? Uh, I think we got off said, on a little tangent. Well, yeah, of course we did. <laughs> Uh, what do you say to people out there <laughs> <laughs> who don't believe in interracial relationships? Was the question? They're always good. There's always going yeah. to be people There's out there. Always because be again, the there. distance of time, we have to understand. Four hundred years ago, it started. Yeah. Forty, fifty years ago, it's it. And again, listeners, I'm using my air quotes. It stopped. It didn't stop. But it didn't stop. Right. Somebody, somebody wrote a law that said we can get married. Yeah. Ain't nobody writing laws saying it's going to be easy. And it that, and that law itself was. It had its moments. Yeah. 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 I, that, I that was the problem, and and like that's like the thing that was like the that I just kind of made my point indirectly without being able to actually say anything yeah. and being like, how do I actually be like? was a good thing mm -hmm. because it was so you have to keep in mind too another thing is, is about like how do you be like oh okay well, like finally they were allowed to marry you get married yeah and language not is, be like the world sucks you lang guys. language is everything think yeah. about it right now we actually just somebody just schooled somebody uh, recently because we should stop referring to the Ukraine as the Ukraine it's Ukraine it's a country mm -hmm. we don't say the Russia we say Russia we don't say, you know what I mean? Like this is this is this is yeah. Ukraine that is in the. It is Russia and Ukraine that is in this war. Yeah. yeah, it's the same thing when you look at it from. At one point in time, 50, 60 years ago, we were referred to as the Negroes of this nation. We were the Negroes of America. Yeah. Right. Well, it's hard to break that. You know, the black people in this country need to understand the. You know, 
Well, okay, if we're going to sit back and say that we're all Americans, then we're all mm -hmm. Americans. Exactly. It's not a black, I'm not a black American. Exactly. I'm an American. Period. Exactly. And if you want me to believe that, then you need to start using language that makes me believe that you believe it. Not that I am the black American. I am an American. Yes. It's it, not, you know... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, it was, it, when you, like, look at that same sort of idea and, like, people that are so, like, anti-black, mm -hmm. we'll just say that. Sure. Because, I mean, it's America. <laughs> and in the South, that's exactly what it, that's exactly what it was, right? Mm -hmm. So, like... I lost my train of thought. Yeah. There it goes. <laughs> I had such a great... Where's the train? Train. Yeah. Train. Uh, train, train, train. Is it going to come back? Uh, no. Talking about the black American the versus black American. black American versus American. It had something to do with the way that people accept the fact that we came from different colonies and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm versus the Civil War that we had in which oh, it was about like, black rights. people were free. What? That's, that's part it's of the so American gone. system, too, though. I mean, think about it. Did, yeah. Didn't we all learn in school that the Civil War was about we states' about that. rights? Yeah, it's states' rights. Like, no. states' rights. and like, all, all, all you All you have to ask is states' rights to what? To, to do what? States' to rights do what? to do what? And they'll be like, govern their own, and you just say, and? Yeah. States' rights to do what? To do what? To own, to own people. people. Human beings. That's, that's, that's Yeah, and that's the thing. One of the biggest reasons that I even started this podcast was that I was very inspired, um, if you know Chelsea Handler. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. She's a goddess. <laughs> so much. <laughs> She'll be here in June. Um, to your house? Well, no. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. We'll see, we'll see what happens. Shout out to Chelsea yeah. I'll do my if you, best. If you want to come to making a martini. Uh, yeah, please The do. house is charming. And yeah, the dog the has a big cock. The, yeah, and she would love that. And the meat and cheese, Chelsea? Come on. Um, anyway, but uh, she did this special on Netflix that was a it was a, a four part series on marriage, technology, race, and drugs. Mm. Oh, I and saw that. Yeah, it's called I Chelsea Does, uh -huh. and that was the inspiration for me to even start doing this because I was like, "Holy fuck, am I uneducated?" Yeah, because I don't know shit about shit. I really don't. I don't either. I am a white man. Yes, gay, but like, gay, you're you can, gay. You can skate by. You really can skate by when you're gay. Like, there, you don't really have to worry about a whole lot. You fight against when like people come for your rights, which I mean they're doing right now. Yeah. But you can you can skate by, and you can be so in, encrypted in this like sort of like bubble where you don't have to worry about anything, and it is the exact wrong place to be. Like worry about everything. Like don't put your head down. Put your head up. Look up and see what's going on in the world because like things have only gotten worse. I was, I'm, I'm literally, I was so tongue-tied trying to think of something that has gotten better. Yeah, yeah. And I can't. Yeah. I can't. I can't think of something that's gotten better. Yeah, my heart breaks, actually. But, you know, I was thinking about what you were saying as far as, because you know, I, don't, I don't know the rules either. I, and I said that earlier. I don't want to no, learn. Yeah. Some, some, sometimes I don't want to learn them because I want to keep the mentality that kindness is key. And, and, and I don't need, I need kindness no matter what I look at. So I, I, 
I had a friend once who was part of the LGBTQ plus community and wasn't wasn't really out about it. And um, they said to me afterwards, uh, as we grew older, they said, I, I've always wanted you to be gay. And I said, why? And they said, because for whatever reason, you being gay would have made it okay. And I said, what does that mean? And, and he said, because I am a homosexual and when I go somewhere that I am not welcome, I'm just not a homosexual. I don't show people that I'm a homosexual. I just be somebody else. And he said, but when you walk into a place, there's no hiding what you look like. So in our area where we grew up, if you as a black person was gay, it would have opened up the world for me to be white and be gay. And I'm like, well, in and of itself, that's not okay. Nobody should need anybody else to be exactly who they're meant to be. That shouldn't happen, ever. I don't need somebody to show the world who I am. And at the same time, who I am is not necessarily what you see on the outside of me. Never judge a book by its cover, that's what they say. You know? Yeah. Uh, but anyway that actually answers perfectly the what you say to people out there yeah <laughs> don't judge a book by its don't cover don't judge a book by its cover get to know somebody you know I just thought I was thinking about it too you walk up and talk to somebody I will walk up and my wife can attest to this I will walk up and oh, talk to freaking he's anybody. the mayor of being nice to everybody <laughs> and I'm like can we just buy our eggs and go home but you I, don't have to be friends <laughs> with the clerk but I debated about it, and I thought, is that really true? And I thought about it, and I said, you know, political views aside, take, yeah. politi take politics out of, this, out of the equation. If I'm walking down the street for a cause and I come across Kyle Rittenhouse standing in the middle of the street with an AK-47, I probably am not going to engage in conversation. I'm probably not. And I'll tell you why. Because, again, we all make mistakes when we're scared. Yeah. And to people that think yeah. interracial marriage is wrong, to them I say, I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm sorry you feel that way. But it's not going to change our interracial marriage. We love it. Yeah. We love it. We love it. I mean, truly we do. I, 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 and because I, don't I don't really passive I don't necessarily look at our marriage as anything, <laughs> I felt anything wild. We're not doing anything crazy. No. But that's the other thing. Yeah. That like that's like the, the 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 other side of the coin is like if you think that there's something wrong, you must think that these people are doing something so scandalous. Oh, listen, we're fucking like everybody else. I mean, do you guys like like do puzzles, but like do like the inside first and then look for the Ooh, outside? Oh, actually, pieces? we kind of did that. Just did a Betty Boop puzzle, and it was it was actually easier Get to do the inside first. We did a Betty Boop puzzle. That's a yeah. fine age to get to when you're sitting around doing a thousand piece puzzle while Jigsaw. a good place is on on the TV, just yeah. like kind of in the back. Oh. I I kind of put two and two together that I did 
I loved The Good Place so much because I am an Arizona trash bag and <laughs> Brady is Chidi Anagonye, who's the most thoughtful and sensitive person no, in the entire no, world. No. And no, I was like, I, oh, fuck, that's why I like this show so much. It's mine and Brady's marriage. <laughs> it's a show that debates what is the right moral choice and the right ethical choice. And what, what is, is the, the way right, to be? What is the correct answer? But really, at the end of the day, here's a group of people trying to find heaven and realizing that they're living in hell. Yeah. And I think that we as a nation, as a world, need to stop relatable? for a second and realize that we need to stop looking for heaven and start creating it around us. Yeah. So to people that disagree with interracial marriage, I say, I'm sorry you feel that way. Watch The Good Place. Watch The Good Place. Ted Danson. Is that how this ends? Ted Danson. Is that how we're ending it? Ted Danson and Watch the Good Place? <laughs> is that how this whole... So what is this podcast called? What's it called again? Making, Making a Martini. Martini. And what is the... You... The, this episode is called On the Topic of Interracial Relationship. Caleb, I gotta tell you, uh, as someone who is a guest on your show, yes. keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> you're is, fucking great. No, it's, oh. it's proof in the punch. Yeah. There's a reason that you are considered the best in Pittsburgh. And that oh. reason is, is because you're using this podcast as a way to bring people closer together and understanding what is going on outside in the world and understanding that human beings are human beings. So please keep making martinis. Keep this podcast going because it's truly changing lives. Yeah. Thank you. Now, if we had the shaker, we'd do a laugh track and an applause track. Well, there's no other better way to end it. So I'm just going to say we're going to be right back. All right. That was me and the Patsies. I'm so I'm so sorry, you guys. Uh, a huge, huge thank you to them for being on the show and taking the time to talk with me. I don't know if you could all notice, but I uh, I got a skosh drunk by the end. But um, I guess that is the point of my podcast. <laughs> but I really loved the conversation we had, and I'm looking forward to finding out who won the Jennifer Coolidge contest. Please comment with your winner or who you think should win, and uh, you know we'll let you know. And Jennifer Coolidge, if you're listening, it was at the sincerest form of flattery because you're a fucking goddess. Anyway, if you're a fan of Making a Martini, please, please share it on social media with everyone you know. And you can also head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a rating and a review because it helps people find me when they're looking for new podcasts to listen to. So, you know, please do that. Um, and that's, you know what, that is all I have for you. This has been Making a Martini, up, dry, and straight to the point. Cheers. Cheers.